Welcome to Catholics at Home. Huh? Why wasn't that just a beautiful hymn to welcome in the first week of Advent? Well, technically, welcome in the season of Advent. Hi, my name is Marianne, and this is our Advent special, kicking it off with Hope for the Streets. And, um, well, I'm pretty honored to be here with you this morning. Now, of course, that video was done by Father Daryl Miller. And, um, you know, I, I love that he's got so many of him. So, you know, the, the, the sound, the feeling it brings to our home. If you've had this on loudspeakers, you know you felt it as well. 
Now, of course, this morning we're going to be talking to Sister Maria Fatima about the hope that she brings for the people on the streets. But before that, if you're watching us, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Don't forget to like and share this broadcast and also comment in the section below and tell us where you're from. Okay, you're more than welcome to also um, ask questions during the whole session. But before we go to that part of things, let's bring on my co-host, of course, the man of the hour, uh, Father Clarence. Hi, Mary, and good morning. Hi. I'm not the sure man of the hour, but... Uh, <laughs> It's always a pleasure to be here. I mean, we like to. I like to welcome you back. I mean, uh, we have not seen you for a while. Uh, yes, it has on, been many months. <laughs> we, we had you on Mother's Day with us, I believe. Uh, Correct. Back in yes. How have you been? How have you been coping with the MCO and? All the other I, things. I think thanks to the first set of the whole MCO, I kind of got used to it and things just fell into place. So kind of okay lah. <laughs> surviving, Father, surviving. <laughs> Good to have you back with us. Thank you so much. Can I just say that, you know, hosting Catholics at home is more nerve-wracking than doing my own job. Because <laughs> it's I want, like, oh. I, I, wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> Anyway, Father, this week we welcome in the season of Advent, you know, um, can you believe it's already been uh, 11 months and we're going yeah. into the final, final leg of 2020, you know, and I, to I kick off the I must, season. I must show you, I've already received my first Christmas card. Wow, people still send Christmas cards. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, brilliant. Something, wow. something that many of us have forgotten, I think, you know. I remember I my, my dad will, will start very early, you know, he get all the addresses done and, you know, something that I have not followed. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I, tried, I tried to follow my dad because he used to do it. And then he, when I turned 12, he's like, okay, you can take over. And then I started for a couple of years and I'm like, okay, this is too much work. There are too many people sell Christmas cards. So yeah, yeah. that kind of ended it for us as that well. Generation, that generation has passed Christmas cards. Now we send... Uh, WhatsApp images. We just forward to as many people as possible. I know, right? How original. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Father, as we were saying, as I was saying, you know, kicking off uh, the Advent special, of course, the first week of Advent, we talk about hope. So maybe you can walk us through, because let's face it, 2020 oh. has been a year that has definitely tested us, you know, and some of us has, you know, some of us have lost that hope or that glimmer of hope in our lives, okay? Because let's face it, many have lost their, their jobs, have lost, you know, income and even lost uh, family members close to them as well. So to look for that glimmer of hope in life can be rather difficult. So maybe, you know, tell us why hope is so important. Yeah, I know you talk about Advent, you know, there, there are four there are four main themes that, that run through the, the readings, especially during the season of Advent. The first week, the theme of hope, uh, watching and waiting. Uh, the second week, it's about peace. Mm -hmm. Then comes joy and then comes love. Of course, love comes closest to Christmas. But uh, hope is something that, you know, uh, I remember Pope Benedict uh, in one of his documents on hope, he talks about, he says, hope is never deceptive. Hope is real, concrete. Though that, you know, when we enter into the season of Advent, our hope is about the second coming of the Messiah. But, you know, that's something very far away. and Sometimes we, we just can't identify with it. So perhaps we, we also want to look at hope in a concrete way. And, and more so now, because as you mentioned, you know, so many people's lives have been disrupted in, mm -hmm. in more ways than one. I mean, every one of us, you know, whether we have a job or we don't have a job, our, our lives have been disrupted. Absolutely. But I think that the reality is that how do we make sense of what's going on? 
Uh, and what do we hold on to, you know, in, in a time of chaos like this? I mean, maybe chaos and over exaggeration, but you know, the disruption and not knowing what is tomorrow going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are already asking me, Father, uh, do we have Christmas mass? I said, I don't know what's tomorrow like. I mean, whether I, you know, tomorrow, what's tomorrow holds for us uh, in terms of the pandemic. Uh, so that I think it's very important to cling on to something uh, and something that is eternal and, and for us that is, that is Christ. Uh, and that's something that never changes. And we thought that also at Catholics at home, we don't want to talk about hope as, a, as an abstract concept about, you know, but we also want to speak about hope, you know, how people bring hope to one another. And I think we all can be agents of hope to yeah. each other, however difficult it may be for all of us. Uh, a simple word of encouragement, uh, a simple, you know, just uh, reaching out to someone and say, hey, uh, you know, give a shout if you need something. I mean, mm-hmm. all these little things, I think, you know, make a difference. Uh, so I thought that, you know, it's a nice start uh, to, to begin Advent. To, to restore that sense of hope uh, when things look very bleak, you know, in many ways, not just, you know, economically, socially, not to mention politically. There's so many things that are that we are not sure of, but what do we hold on to? And this, for me, is there's only one thing that you can hold on to. Which is hope. <laughs> I'll tell, I'll I'm waiting for your answer. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, okay give me... <laughs> It is Christ. It is Christ. You know, and I think that is that is the unchangeable hope that we have. No matter what happens, his love does not change. And, I, and his presence doesn't doesn't change. And it comes to us in different people. And today we're going to talk to someone who brings that hope to a very different, difficult group of people that many of us think that we would like to reach out but do not know how to bring hope to them. Yep, that's true. So I think with that, that's our cue to bring on our guest this morning. Let's face it, um, um, you know, having hope or bringing hope to the lives of others is very difficult. Sometimes we feel that, you know. But this morning with us is Sister Fatima and she she is a nun who used to be with the Little Sisters of the Poor and she brings hope to the urban poor and the homeless in concrete ways. So welcome to the show, Sister Fatima. How are you this morning? Good morning to you. I'm there. A little bit nervous, but uh, <laughs> your, uh, your joy in your face, I think I'm quite all right. <laughs> High five, sister. I'm also a bit nervous, but we just macho a bit this morning. It's fine. <laughs> so, sister, you do such a great job. So, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes, I'm from Taiping. Uh, I was educated in a convent school. Uh, born and brought up there. And mm-hmm. uh, four siblings and I can share that uh, my family had great love for the poor. I think that has rubbed on on me mm-hmm. and, and this is what I also at the age of 20 I've decided that I want to join the little sisters and I joined them. So very young I joined the religious life, the love for the poor. So it was always in me and I've seen my parents reaching out to the poor, the neighbours and the elderly in our neighbourhood. So that is in me already through my parents and my grandparents. Wow, that was ingrained in you from the time you were very young. Yes, yes, indeed, yes. 
Wow. Okay, so, so you were attached to the Little Sisters of the Poor and spent many years taking care of the elderly, which honestly, to me, is a very heavy responsibility already. But then again, you know, you decided to expand your ministry and reach out to the urban poor and the homeless. Why did you feel, you know, the need to do so? What drove you to pursue it? Well, I am about 30 years as a little sister. I've traveled a lot and um, I spent many years in Africa serving the poor. So um, I could say all that has built me up and made me more mature, especially in difficult moments in war countries, in Congo, and difficult moments in Nigeria, all that has formed me. So when I came back, back to Malaysia, the year 2014, and I was in uh, appointed at Chiras home at the Little Sisters. And I remember very clearly, I gone to the first time I encountered the homeless in Kuala Lumpur was at Carl's Kitchen. And I went with our late Cardinal uh, to distribute some moon cakes. And that was my, I think, first encounter there. And I saw all these sad faces actually it didn't touch me much but when i was in prayer the thought always came back that uh, like an inspiration a call within a call i am suffering will you help me so this was going on and i was uh, uh, pushing this call as if it was coming from outside and that is what it persisted for two years and i made some uh, discernment retreat at the end of the two years, I cannot resist. So I have to answer this call in faith. So I have to take a leap of faith and come to the unknown. So that is the beginning of my journey with the homeless. Wow, I like that. A call within a call. <laughs> and you took that leap of faith. You know, you already have your calling and within that calling, you receive another calling. You know, I cannot imagine if you did not heed that calling. So the, the poor would be losing such a wonderful person like yourself. So let's talk about this year. It's been a very difficult year for many of us, as I mentioned to Father earlier. And I can only assume that's been, uh, that has been a more difficult year for those who are on the streets. So can you share with us your experience of your street mission in the time of a pandemic? Have you seen an increase of urban poor and homeless? What has changed, Sister? You've done this for many, many years now. Yes, I'm doing street mission for the past three years. Mm. So I know them quite well. They are not mm. easy to deal with. So it's a lot of challenges. But this during this pandemic, I think one of the things that really troubled me also is the fear that the media has put in us. It's a fear. Then another thing is that um, NGOs are not allowed to give food. That has also been a very disturbing moment for us. Mm -hmm. But uh, my faith is that I have to keep the hope open for the real poor. So and that was a real challenge for me. In spite of uh, many challenges, I keep on holding on to this idea. I think I'm quite stubborn also, <laughs> you know, to hold on to this idea. Even volunteers and friends has come and told me it's quite dangerous for the moment. But I keep on uh, holding on to the truth. It is Jesus that I'm serving in the poor. 
So that has given me courage to go on. It's, it's not denying that call, the first call, I am suffering, will you help me? If I close the house, if I don't reach out to the poor during the pandemic, I am betraying my lot. So that has kept me going and the strength of prayer that kept me going. So uh, it was a real challenge for me during the pandemic. Of course, uh, we see a new set of poor, that is the urban poor, that's coming out, especially the elderly, that who don't have received uh, enough support from their own family because mm -hmm. many of the children has lost their job. So they are coming out. So I can see a new set of were coming out to ask for help and there are new people became homeless because of jobs so this is a real challenge for me definitely now um speaking about challenges uh you know caring for the homeless and poor is definitely not an easy task that by itself is already a challenge what other challenges that you've had to face or experience carrying out your street mission during this time of a pandemic well, um, other challenges that I face, of course, the regular volunteers cannot reach me. But yeah. God is always faithful to send me people. Wow. And I could say, challenges are a lot. Everybody can face challenges. I mean, not me alone, so everybody. But the presence of God in our challenges, that's very important. Mm -hmm. And also, I would want to say, rather, there are a lot of blessings in these challenges. Because a father says our hope is Christ and his presence is uh, the pillar of our hope. So when we believe that the presence of Christ in us, we are not doing this work alone. And I can see a lot of blessings. Rather, I want to talk of some of the blessings the Lord has uh, showered on Samaritan hope. Um, because it's not all about the dark side of the pandemic. But mm -hmm. there are some goodness. I think we have to speak of some goodness in this pandemic. You see, many people, those who do not need, has reached out to us. And also, a lot of other faith has joined us together. I also have volunteers who are from other faith who has joined us together to help the homeless. So we feel that we are united in this one mission. So is also considered a blessing rather than a challenge. And I also have my own street brothers who have become uh, volunteers in our own home. So they once upon a time, they were on the streets. But uh, to tell you that I have uh, I rented a small home in Kalanajaya and seven of them are staying there. So this is how I gave hope to the seven of them, of home to them. And they are the volunteers at Samaritan Hope. So I want to speak about the blessings of God in my challenges. One of the things that I mean, as you mentioned, uh, I, I know that, that in terms of how you minister has changed a little bit. When you first started, I remember you going out, you know, to the streets, uh, bringing food, bringing clothes. Uh, also medicine you know you used to you used to care for the for the sick you know those who are you know injured used to bandage them and i know these things but over the years i i see that it has slightly changed changed in the sense that uh, now you have you were mentioned the samaritan uh, uh center you have a center here uh, samaritan. Home, samaritan. Uh, yeah and uh, 
now they come to you, sister. I mean, they know that, that you are there and, and they come there to get some a meal. I, I know that before the pandemic, they used to be able to, uh, you know, be around there. Uh, I see them. Uh, and But now they just come to collect some food. Um, yes. How has that, you know, the, the dynamics has changed a little bit uh, in that sense of rather than you going to the streets, but now they come to you. Uh, do like do they come with you know uh, regularly every day? I mean, in that sense, from wherever they are, in whichever part of the city they are. Well, uh, before I the Samaritan Hope that came about, I used to go to the streets to feed them, and I do night mission where I reach out uh, to the homeless at night uh, with the volunteers. So it is like, uh, I know there are a lot of people who give food, but my mission is like looking for the lost sheep. So this is how I go to the streets. And also I do some dressings or when they are sick, I call for ambulance. Or I bring them, when the Samaritan Hope Home came about, I bring them to the house so that they could uh, have a, a good shower, and a meal and eat uh, on the table and clean. So when they are clean and dignified, there there's hope for them and I can look for job. So during the pandemic, they cannot come in because of the SOPs, because our house is small. So what we have decided, still we will carry on to give them the packed food, but the food is only a bridge to reach out to them. So through that, I can still bring them because in the month of august i have taken seven of them to our home in kalana jaya they are staying there so uh, this is the hope that i give to the homeless even when they come to the home i do still do dressings for them and also we have doctors and also when i they really need help i take them to dr anthony's clinic so you you see father Yes, uh, things have changed because of this uh, pandemic crisis. But our mission is always to reach out to them, to give them the hope. Even though things have changed, but we always want to reach out to them. But for example, for today, I have um, a foreign brother who fell down and hurt his knees. I've arranged that one of our volunteers take him to the doctor. So we are still reaching out. It's through the food that we get to know them and reach out to them. So that is, but it's very painful to see them. You have a house and they can't come in. You know, yeah. they can have a shower, they can sit down. It's still painful. But yet, I think we have to accept the SOPs and just to accept that everyone is going through a hard time now. And hope gives us the assurance that things will change. You know, it's, everything is a temporary thing that's passing by. I love that. I love that you, you look at things that way. And I think it takes a special person to, to say, you know, you turn a challenge and look at it as a blessing. You know, it's not easy because all of us can say it, but to actually believe in it and to, to walk the talk, it's not simple, you know. Now, you've mentioned SOPs, right? So there are so many SOPs out there. And I think the SOPs are put in place to safeguard us um, from the virus, of course. Did you have your own concerns, though? You said that, you know, it's sad to see that they're outside. They can't come into your home, right? But were you ever worried about putting yourself out there, susceptible to a virus that, you know, that's already in the community. 
Well, the first time the media has put this, uh, uh, this fear in you, so I'm not abnormal, I'm also quite normal. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, there's a, a kind of interior strength that is in you, trust in the Lord. I mean, I'm not going to the shopping malls or sitting down in the mama shop and eating. So I'm just doing the Lord's work. So um, I'm not afraid. I, I, uh, I have the assurance of the presence of the Lord in me. Because why I do, I say that I don't, uh, during the pandemic, uh, I had also this inspiration to open up to the urban poor who are calling us for help. And many of them, I did not know who are the ones who called me. But sometimes I receive phone calls and say, uh, there's a group of foreigners, uh, can you help them? So I started out reaching out to the urban poor. After I finish Samaritan Hope in the afternoon, I'll go out with the volunteers to take provisions to the urban poor. So I have to go to places like the PPR flats and to the uh, what uh, foreign workers, and all these places I have to go, but I have this assurance for the Lord because, of course, following the SOP, using the mask and things like that, but uh, a kind of, you have to risk in life, isn't it, Father? <laughs> you know, That's a huge that. risk. <laughs> <laughs> you have to risk in life to do God's work. So I think I have to risk, but not afraid, I cannot say. Uh, we always have the assurance of the word of God. Do not be afraid. I think I'm, I'm one, of, one of those people in the early days when I saw you, I always asked whether you have a mask. Whenever I see her going out, I say, sister, uh, you, yeah, do. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, it, it takes a lot, I mean, for what she says, you know, um, to have the trust in God and to go out uh, and to do the Lord's work, uh, it, you know. It, it talks a little bit about your own spiritual journey and your spiritual strength yep. to be where you are today. I mean, not everyone uh, is there, you know. You, I remember some time ago when we had Father Patrick Masang on our, on our show, uh, he was saying that he was going to a hospital and he couldn't find a mask. And he found one uh, on the street. He picked it up and he said, he said a prayer and he wore it and went. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to be able to do something like, something yes. like that, you know. Joy also, Father, and yeah. it's not about uh, serving, but the joy that we receive from our homeless brothers and sisters, I think, it's a tremendous joy. So that gives us courage to go on, you know, and sometimes they're simple people. I know a Malay brother who used to come and tell me every time he sees me, happy Good Friday. So you see, there's a lot of joy in simple way of, uh, simple joy, I would say. And just no, a, just I mean, a, sorry, in terms of your, your food and, I mean, your supplies, I mean, where, where do they come from? I mean, I, mm. at one point, I, I guess you could cook in your in your center, but now you you get it from somewhere else, pre-packed, uh, people uh, supply. No, actually, um, actually I, I cater the food in the house and we pre-pack them in the house. But it's always sometimes sponsors who gives us, or if not, I use the donation money to order. But it's a, always a miracle. Is we uh, give give out about three hundred packs a day or more, mm -hmm. so it's always a miracle in the house. And I'm also reaching out to the blind association now. Every Saturday they will come because they have uh, zero income because of the masters have no. Uh, I mean customers now, 
So uh, they also ask, please, so we open our heart to many those who are suffering. So we give them hope to all these our brothers and sisters. Mm, I think the Lord is teaching us how to be open to the others. So no, nobody is left out. Or keep our hearts open to others is one of the uh, best way we can help one another. Wow, wonderful. Now, Sister, you said just now, you are also normal. You're a normal human being like every one of us, right? Yeah. Now, carrying out a mission like what you're doing, you know, it takes a lot of love. It takes a lot of passion and compassion. So what drives you every morning? Do you ever wake up saying, today, I don't want to do this. I just don't feel like it. Because let's face it, all of us, we have that moment, you know, we get up and we don't want to do what we're supposed to do, you know? So... I, I understand that being a nun, you have a calling. But at the end of the day, you too are still human. Yes. Well, I want to say I'm still normal. There are mornings that I feel <laughs> don't feel like getting up. <laughs> but uh, the call is there. I always felt Jesus is waiting for you. Even I'm going to the chapel because before I go for the mission or to Samaritan Hope, I must take some time in prayer. So that wakes me up. Jesus is waiting for me. So that gives me the joy and the courage just as time to get up and, and meet Jesus. And to go for the mission is also Jesus is waiting for you. I want to give you an example. There was some one morning, it was heavy rain and there was nobody to come along with me. No volunteers can reach out. But the thought of Jesus is waiting for me in our homeless brothers and sisters. That made me to pick up my umbrella and go out to my brothers. And that day, no volunteers were early. And it's only our homeless brothers and sisters were helping me. So you can see that uh, our homeless brothers are there to also to put a hand together and to give us the strength. So they are also an inspiration for me. Wonderful. I like that. Okay, so for those of you who just joined us, welcome to Catholics at Home. This is our uh, first week of Advent. So kicking off the Advent special is bringing hope to the streets, or rather hope for the streets with Sister Fatima. And uh, she does a wonderful job reaching out to the homeless and the poor, even during this time of a whole pandemic, okay? Like she said, she trusts in God. Do not be afraid, and he will protect us all. And I think uh, looking at the messages, there's, uh, there's a person who did say, Say that oh scholastica maria luco she said sister i remember that you said the blood of jesus will protect us from the virus amen <laughs> so i think you've reached out to many people around us there are lots of blessings and good morning messages and uh, a lot of people saying that you are truly an inspiration so thank you so much for all your messages this morning continue if you do have any questions to ask you're more than welcome to drop your comments in the comment section below of course don't forget to like and share the broadcast as well. Now, I can only imagine if it was raining heavily, I'd just pull my blanket up and say, okay, today that's not happening. <laughs> so you are an, an extraordinary person, sister, and I think you're doing a fantastic job. Now, in a time where everybody, I would have to say everybody, because as much as we think we're hopeful, there are certain parts in our lives that we feel like, okay, we're not 
very hopeful. Okay, we're feeling dejected, you know. But you, you continue to shine your light in the lives of others through your mission. So how can we emulate you? You know, how can we be that light in the lives of others? Well, I think our model is Jesus himself. Um, we want to follow. We have to follow Jesus because my model is Jesus. So he is he's asking us to be the light. And we get this hope from him because hope comes from God. So we give this hope to others in this moment of darkness. I think we have to say by God's faithfulness to us. God will never change as Father said. So even this pandemic and everything seems tough, God is always faithful to us. So I have seen in my ministry, in my mission, the faithfulness of God. I can say there are tangible signs I have witnessed, the miracles that I witnessed in my mission, that faithfulness of God. This past three years has been a very... Um, a very spiritual experience to me that I start without nothing. All glory goes to God because He has done His work in, in me. Even He reached out a convent <laughs> to pull out somebody. So I can say His faithfulness to God. Everything will pass in life, but let us hold on to God. He is our hope. So I think that is the message we must give. It's not about the work that we are doing. And because the work is God's work, we witness through this work that God is faithful to us. He loves the poor. And because of his love for the poor, he calls us to minister to his children. So there is hope. God is our hope. I think this is the message that I want to say. In this moment, when everything seems dark and everything seems uh, hopeless, um, we find our hope in God. I think that is the message. And, and uh, let the poor also find hope in us. If we can find hope in God, surely we will be the light of hope to others. Wow. That's beautiful. Well, something that, uh, sorry, uh, Marian. No, just, just trying to pick up something with what Sister said. You know, uh, you said that Christ is waiting. You know, yeah. so you, you, you go because Jesus is waiting, and not just the poor are waiting, uh, but it is Christ. It's it's very much. I, I'm reminded of uh, reading the, the the biography of of Mother Teresa, uh, and and she she says something very similar too. That you know, when she goes out to the streets to pick up the dying, uh, and she sees. Christ in them, and I think that that is indeed what we are called to—to uh, to be able to to see Christ uh, in those we serve. And I think at a time like this, I'm, I'm just trying to reflect on what Sister is saying, and I think a lot of thoughts run through my mind. You know, when we talk about the poor uh, and and the needy, uh, and we're not just talking about we're not just talking about those who are who are economically poor, but I think this pandemic has also revealed that you know that people have become spiritually poor. Uh, people have become emotionally poor. I mean, in the sense that, you know, uh, spiritually poor, meaning that people can't go to church. I mean, we, we, we think that everyone has access to, to an internet connection. They are able to go for online masses. But the older people are, are not so tech-savvy. And so they, they have been deprived of what, you know, what they have been used to. Um, emotionally poor, I mean, just 
not being able to see one another. Parents, uh, elderly parents uh, sometimes can't see their children who live abroad, are not able to come back uh, and in many other ways. So, you know, I'm just trying to expand the idea of what it means to poor and something that I think we all can reach out. Uh, sister does her part in a, in a particular area of, of her, her expertise. But I think there are poor all around us uh, in many ways. And I think the pandemic has shown that uh, the poor is not just the economically poor. Someone said yesterday to me that, you know, this pandemic has brought us down to our knees. And I was just thinking last night, I mean, wow. I mean, I think that captures it kind of, kind of well. I mean, we all have had to kind of reset ourselves uh, to look and see, you know, who there are so many people around us that could do with some help. Um, and and not just monetarily, but even I think emotional support. You know, I mean, we are hearing about mental health issues. Uh, yeah, so I think there's there's a lot for us to do as as you talk about the light, uh, Marianne. I think we can bring the light to a lot of people, even to a neighbor, uh, to a colleague, uh, you know, uh, to a yeah, to any, to anyone. Yeah, so to I, I a think friend you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest, isn't it? Yeah. Father, I'm going to ask you a question. I mean, it's e maybe it's easier for a person um, like Sister Fatima or uh, for yourself who, who serve Christ. That is your, your calling to serve Christ. But for those of us who, um, you know, who lead a normal life, sometimes it's easier said than done to be hopeful or to share that light, shine that light in the lives of others. So I'm going to ask, how do we find that hope within ourselves to reach out for other people around us as well yeah I, I often tell people you know just think of it like this you know if you're having some challenge also remember that there's someone else who could be doing worse off than you are you know uh, sometimes sometimes our, our problems our challenges like sister was saying this now you know that 80 percent of it it clouds our mind that we don't see the 20 percent of our, our of what we receive and maybe we always hear this saying people saying count your blessings count your blessings you know uh, easier said than done <laughs> we can count our blessings maybe with, with one hand but we can count we need to count our challenges we need more than more than 10 fingers to you know to count but those blessings are the ones that that give us hope you know a glimmer of hope uh to to move forward uh, if we can hold on to those things, it's not easy, I'm sure, you know, even, you know, sometimes as a priest, you know, sometimes in, in a parish when you're confronted with a challenge, you know, that just consumes me, I mean, in, in such a way that I, I, I forget all the other good things that happen around me. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I'm sure with Sister too, sometimes it can weigh us down in many ways, uh, like any other person. So, Marian, I mean, to your question, we are also normal people, we are not extraordinary people, we are normal people, you know, just, you know, doing different things. But I think each one of us, each one of us, if we can do something small, I mean, even something as little as, as you know, reaching out to someone whom you have not reached out to for many years, uh, and, and just to say, how are you, you know, uh, are you keeping well? I think that gives hope in humanity. Maybe not so much, you know, of the situation that is around us, but you know that there are people around you that care for you, uh, that love you. Uh, that you can turn to. And I think that's the kind of hope we need to give to people. You know, uh, A lot of our challenges, sometimes we come to a, a brick wall and then we realize, hey, I can't do anything. You know, And that's where so many other challenges come along the way. But if you know that there's someone whom you can turn to, like for sister, I mean, I guess, 
the urban poor they know they can they can go to to sister yeah. so they know that some place that they can go to yeah. and the same way if we can avail ourselves to others to say that hey if yes i am going through my own challenges i am going through my own difficulties i have my you know all my things to do but if you need a listening ear if you need something i may not be able to give you money if you you know i mean uh, the money that you want uh, but if you want a listening ear you want you know something that i could give you and i think that is what we need and i think we need to restore that hope in one another that you know i can turn to marian if i need something i can turn to sister and you can come to me or to my friends i think that's something that's achievable we all can do nothing extraordinary normal people can do i mean and i, and I think that's what sister offers uh sister offers the urban poor uh, the homeless that they know they have a place they can go to they know that they can find christ i mean maybe i mean of course sister i'm sure sister doesn't talk about christ in that sense but her mission herself is is the mission of jesus that they know that you know i mean i mean i always think about sister in the sense that and i've always said this you know how do you give hope to the homeless mm. after taking the food they're going back to the streets i mean they yeah. know that night they're going to sleep in some some five foot way yeah you know how do you give but you know i i i guess i guess they know that next tomorrow there's a meal waiting for me and i know sister will be there like sister says jesus is waiting for her they know you know sister sister will be there uh, no matter what in the same way i think you know people should realize that you know if you need someone we are there noble people doing <laughs> extraordinary work father that's more like <laughs> no I, i i i think i don't know where i read this you know i think there are many spiritual authors who have said this you know just do the ordinary things with extraordinary love that's oh, about all wow. that jesus asked of us you know wow. you don't need to do the extraordinary we are not superman not avengers i am not at least i am not maybe sister is very and you are woman <laughs> we all want to we all want a costume to wear to you know be a superhero but you know we are all ordinary people uh but you know just doing the ordinary things with extraordinary love of Jesus is what makes a difference in the lives of people well i'm going to try and remember that someday now we've got a question in our comments section coming from ib um it goes out to sister fatima he says a wonderful reaching out quick question if there is a bucket of goodies awaiting for your mission what are your top 3 on your list so you know an example would be if santa claus was somewhere or a corporate company somewhere what would your bucket of goodies be what would you hope for uh the bucket of goodies is coming from somebody else <laughs> <laughs> i i guess the question is i mean if you could have at this time for your your samaritan hope i mean mm. what would you need what would you need i mean if you if you could have something uh if if santa claus gave you a, a, a white piece of paper say sister you write to me three things i will send it to you <laughs> Of course, Surely. after 14 days of quarantine, he'll bring it to you. Okay, mine are always very essential things. I'm very simple essential things. Of course, I I like food to like to give them some goodies, fruits, and of course, toiletries is much appreciated. Towels, you know, so it's appreciated very much. So these are the simple things. I don't they don't need a radio or things like that, you know. Yeah. So they need simple things, soap, 
towels, shavers, uh, these are the things they need. And of course, I give them food and I would like to give them good food because it is to Jesus that we are giving. So you must give the best. So that is one of the things that always available and appreciated. Wow. Okay. So I mean, I hope I hope that answered your question. So maybe a Santa Claus may be coming your way. You never know. <laughs> Sister, can I ask, um, you know, how do you see growing your mission? I mean, what are your plans for the next few years in terms of reaching out to the poor and the homeless? Well, God is the one who's guiding me and leading me because I know when I started without nothing, I was going to the cow's kitchen to talk to them. So that's mm -hmm. where. And I was going to the streets, feeding them. When I see their needs, it's where I started to to what, reach out to them. There was a time during the elections there was nobody coming out to give food. And I was yeah. going to the streets and I hear, sister, I have not eaten for the day. So I start making sandwiches, asking a group of people and, and start giving them food. And this is how. And after that, regularly, I go to a stop, a point. It's just behind UTC. It's not far from APC. I'll go there regularly about 10.30, then I give them food. And when I saw the need to have a place, and, and I saw their sufferings to have a place to, they also have a dignity. So that's what I, I have to have a place. Then we rented, with God's grace, we rented a place near Kudu. So that was how God was leading me from nothing and seeing the sufferings and we had a place. And from that, I wanted a, a house where I can house a, of them who's been to have a transformation. And the third part we have, now we have a home in Klanajaya where I'm housing about seven of them. During the pandemic, there were 13 of them there. It's now seven of them. So giving them a chance uh, for a transformation, even though they have lost this hope, there's somebody who's willing to take them and feed them. So it actually, I say, how oh, the Lord is leaving me. What the hope is the hope that God has for me. God has for Samaritan hope because everything is it's not God is walking with me. I'm walking with the Lord. And what are the plans that He unfold for me? Of course, I would like Samaritan hope to grow so that I can take care of many, especially to house them. It's really a suffering to see them on the street, as Father said. They have to take a packet of food and go back to the street. So when I do my street mission at night, of course, there's a joy of going to them and they're happy to see them. But when I'm coming back, only with a heavy heart sometimes to leave them on the street and I'm coming back to a place where I have a bed and a roof over my head. So it's always a suffering. So it, this, all these sufferings, I bring it to the Lord. And I tell them, before I got Samaritan hope, I used to sit before the Lord and say, Lord, look, your children are suffering. You have to give me a peace. <laughs> so this is how Samaritan hope came about. So now he has given me a home. I call it Samaritan Hostel. I am housing a few of them. Mm -hmm. So it's also uh, another another mission that has 
uh, would have say I have grown. The Lord's work has grown, and also I have a lot of hope, hoping that I will have a bigger place or more homes for them so that I can house them, and also to find jobs for them. Above all, I want a transformation in them. And what I would say, something that I always keep very dear to me, that this brother Anand, who was also an addict and also an alcoholic brother, that I met him on the street, and he is an initial hope for me. Now he's working um, uh, in a church that's called SCC Church, and he, this year he baptized. So I could say that. It's also giving Christ to them. It's not about giving other things to them. It's also about giving Christ to them. So it's um, he is a hope to me that there is a possibility for them to transform. Sister, on our, on you know you're talking about you know asking God for things, and I it's, I'm reminded of uh, once again about what Mother Teresa, uh, you know. <laughs> It's it in her book. She says sometimes she ends up fighting with God. You know when he when she asks for something and he doesn't give, and then she goes to the chapel and she fights with him. So my question to you: Do you fight with God or not? Sometimes. Surely, <laughs> Father. That's what I say. So, I had a written hope. I say, Lord, your children are suffering. Can you give me a hope? <laughs> so uh, sometimes we have to. We have this kind of uh, filial relationship with God where we can express all our frustrations also. So that is the time that we also in prayer that we bring out all this, you know. So that. So now we. So now we know you're you you're 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 more normal than we think you are. <laughs> so we all have that same situation when we're having this conversation with God. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, there are a lot of joy and transformation in our brothers where I found jobs for them, mm -hmm. and some of them still connect back to me. So that's uh, this kind of hope. That is especially Anand is very special person to be. In him, I see hope that there is a possibility for the street brothers, and there is so much to be done. Wonderful. Uh, is, we have the poor do all this. So I think we can't end with the poor. True, very true. Now, um, father and sister, I'm just curious though. Uh, we've talked about being the ray of hope. You know that glimmer in somebody's life but what about those who feel hopelessness you know for whatever reason like father you mentioned you know actually all of us are poor in a certain way we could be poor emotionally or uh poor spiritually there's so many different ways of looking at that you know so how do we how do we feel that sense of you know hopefulness in our lives how do we do that you know um, especially during this time where there's so many things going on, you know, and um, a lot of people have felt like they've been robbed of their, their independence, they've been robbed of their freedom, their ability to uh, provide for their families. How do we look for that hope? Because that's, let's face it, it's easier said than done to say, you know, you, you turn to Christ, you know, but sometimes, although you turn to Christ, you have that, that quarrel with God and say, why, why this is happening? We still cannot find it. What What is your advice to to them, to us? I mean, it is it is going to be difficult to someone who has lost a job. How do you how do you give hope? Yep. Or to someone who has lost a loved one, how do you restore hope? 
uh, and and many other difficult situations uh, that people face. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a reality that sometimes we have to say that you know, sometimes I feel very helpless. Uh, I, I I don't know what more can I do. I mean, I I wish I had a. Uh, this is this is the I think maybe this is the argument I need to have with God. Maybe I, I need a, a, a kind of a limitless uh, a bag of money to be able to give to to, to the, all the people that that come. Uh, but I, I guess you know, Marian, to your question, you know, as I said earlier, sometimes if people realize, you know, if we can somehow tell people, you know, uh, you know, you can always rely on me for something, you know, in in some way uh, to give them something. You know, because I think I think this is where I think in life maybe we need to also lower our expectations. You know, if if I, one of the things that I also I personally realized during the MCO when during the strict MCO, I begin to realize that there are many things in life I actually don't need. You know, uh, which has become a part of my life. You know, uh, a part of my life. You know, one of the things that I that I did during the MCO was was to to do some spring cleaning. You know. And I begin to realize the amount of clutter that I have accumulated over the years, uh, and and you know I, I've just started shedding. I mean, giving away things you know that I don't need. Uh, and I think maybe if you know, even in that in that hopeless situation that we find ourselves, we know that we can live in a more simple way of life. Uh, in a you know with. We don't have to keep up with the others, I guess. You know, sometimes this is the challenge. You know, we want to keep up with the others, uh, but if we can, you know, downgrade. I mean, I I don't know if that's the that's the right word, but you know, but manage our expectations better and and learn to live with what we have, uh, you know, to work around it. And and as I said, you know, uh, you know, just give some. I mean, this 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 story I I want, I want to say, and I've I've used the story, you know. Some weeks ago, I was driving out of the church, uh, and and then during the MCO, there's this this man suddenly has appeared. Uh, he sits by 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 the roadside on the corridor, you know, uh, and uh, you know, and he just waits for people to give him money or to buy him some food and all that. I've noticed, and and one day I was on the, across the road. I I was across St Anthony's Church on the other side, waiting to to turn, and and I saw this this guy who was a food. He was delivering delivering food. You know, he has just delivered food nearby somewhere here. And he was on his motorbike, and he he drove past this guy, and then at the junction made a U-turn and came back, and stopped at this guy, took out his wallet, and gave him, I what seemed to me a substantial amount of money, you know. And I was thinking to myself, you know, you know, he could have been somebody who lost his job and is now doing food delivery to make his family survive. But he saw somebody else in greater need, and he wasn't—he uh, was ready to share. So that gives hope, I think. You know, that even though we are difficult, we can still help in small ways, uh, in small bits and pieces. That—that that was a very powerful image for me, and I think, and God spoke to me in that way. Uh, you know, uh, though I have given this man some money, I, since that day I, I've done it a bit more regularly. Uh, because kind of like, you know, it kind of hit me to to realize that that could have been his tip for the day, or you know, yeah. his you know, and you know, it was very moving actually for me to see that. Yeah. So I think we all can, we all can help one another, restore hope in humanity. 
you know, even though things around us may not be as bright as we would like to be. Yes, cling on to Christ for people who have faith is easier to say, but someone who's going through a difficulty, you know, don't lose hope. You know, there's, you know, of course, I will always, there is the light at the end of the tunnel. And that light for us is, of course, the light of Christ, you know, yeah. that's the thing for us. Now, to that do... story, I would say hashtag faith in humanity restored. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant yeah, indeed. True, true. I mean, that, that really, you know, it kind of like hit me. Quite, I mean, of course, while watching that, I, I, I forgot that the light had turned green and I didn't turn and somebody honked at the back of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so looking at our comments section this uh, uh this morning, um, we've got messages for Sister Fatima. Uh, we've got Jennifer Lee who's asking, how do you select who to stay in your home? And we've got Frederick Prosper who's asking, how can we help with your mission? How do we contact you? So well, um, first of all, how do I select? I select those who are, I can see a certain potentiality of want to transform. Mm -hmm. So I also have certain criteria that I will propose to them. Are we willing to accept these criteria because there's no smoking, there's no drinking, no addiction. So these are the things I'm able to stay in a community. So that is one of the criteria, a few criteria. So these are the criteria we select to live in our home. And my, I also will observe them a little bit to whether they can adapt this kind of living at home. So, so far, they are quite good, and um, we have seven of them. So this is how I do it, because it's not too crowded, not to be too crowded. To give them this uh, a little back the experience of staying in a home. So that is what my idea is, so that when they go out, so they can stand on their feet, and always they can come home. That's a home for them. So uh, there are one or two of them still come back to have a meal with us. So even if they go out, they know they can always come back. And I have also taken uh, back one of them who went back to the street, who lost his job and back to the street. I just said, this is not your place. You have a home. You come back home. So that's how I took this brother back to Kalanagaya. And it's okay now. We just... This made his icy again and uh, he's looking positively to get a job. And other question was it how can we reach reach me? Yeah. Reach me that is you uh, you can reach me by WhatsApp or by uh, also come to Samaritan Hope. That is seventy eight one I'm always also at APC after my work. So anyhow you can uh, reach me. Okay, so Frederick, I think we can even drop in. Uh, we will reply you with the message on how you can get in touch with Father uh, with Sister Fatima. Um, I think we've we're coming to the end of the show already now. As we welcome the season of Advent and await the coming of Christ, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our viewers this afternoon? You know, for those who have been very actively on our chat box, thank you so much. But uh, for those who are watching in silence and hoping that you touch their lives as well, you know. Is there anything that you'd like to share? Yes, indeed, yes. As we light the first candle of hope, I think the message is that Christ expects us to be the light of hope to the others. And we have to be connected with 
Christ to give hope. So that is the message. That means our relationship with Christ is very important to give hope to others. And as we give light this candle, and this light must shine. And by shining, the glory is not for us. But when they see the good work in us, it's they must praise the Father because all glory goes to God. So this is the message that we must shine. But if to, to shine, we must be connected to Christ. That our relationship, we cannot bear fruit unless we are united with Christ. So that is part of the thing that's important. And keeping in mind that what Father says, that people can come to us, that we must be like the tree where the birds can come and take their shelter. So we, unless we are united with Christ, people can see this light and come to us. So one of the message is that for all the viewers, we are called to be the light of Christ to others. Very nice, very nice. What about you, Father? Is there anything that you'd like to say to our viewers this morning? Yeah, I think as we as we begin the season of Advent, uh, I think it's it's a it's it's a as we all all say, you know, we are in unprecedented times, and we are going to Advent at a time where we have no other experience. I, I think maybe this Advent, perhaps we could focus on on those who those who are who are, who are need around us, you know, those who. I think the story of Sister Sister Fatima tells us that each one of us can do something, you know, uh, and not just uh, sit at home. Uh, and each one of us can reach out. And I think we have the means. Uh, I mean, God has given us the technology. I mean, podcast is one, but the phone. I mean, picking up the phone and calling someone whom you think may need a conversation with you uh, is, is one way of reaching out. And I think perhaps you know one of at least, you know, if you ask me what what wish I would like in that basket, you know, is that is that we are able to reach out to one another and perhaps you know think less of ourselves this Advent. I, I I've been talking, I'm saying this to a few friends. You know, I mean, I've been getting countless number of uh, countless calls. People asking, "Oh, is there going to be Christmas mass today? Can I go to church this year?" You know, I said, "I don't know." I mean, I said, "I don't have a crystal ball to say what's going to happen come Christmas." You know, the, the churches are going to be open, but Perhaps maybe, I mean, perhaps we could we could think less of our, our own, you know, traditions that we have held on to for years and keep doing it repeatedly. But maybe this year God is thinking, inviting us to to look at others. You know, how can we make a difference in the life of someone else, someone who could be in need? I mean, a poor. I put poor within uh, inverted commas. You know, so perhaps, you know. Sister Fatima, you, you inspire us to tell us that each one of us can do something. Uh, yes, you know, yeah. even a smile means something And that's the whole direction that, you know, uh, we are taking Catholics at home, you know. Uh, you know, when I first asked her to come on, she said, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be in the limelight, you know. Uh, yeah, she's very shy <laughs> of, of all this thing, you know. But I, but I said to her, I said, I said, sister, you know, it's not so much to highlight the work that you are doing, but yes, of course, we're doing that. But, but your story will inspire someone else to do something, you know. Absolutely. And I think that's what we want, you know. And so, for the next three weeks in Advent, we're going to have different people at Catholic at Home uh, who can share little stories of what they are doing. And it's not so much to glorify themselves, but as sister said, to glorify God, and not just to glorify God, to inspire 
our listeners, hey, you too can do something, you know, uh, and you too can make a difference in the life of somebody else. Maybe it's not as big as Sister Fatima, maybe not as big as Mother Teresa, but in a small, tiny way. It requires a mustard seed only, as God says, <laughs> to inspire others. Yeah, so that's that's what I think. I think we would like to say that, you know, our stories here hopefully inspire others into action. Very nice, very nice. So, Father, um, today being the first week of Advent, we talk about hope. What is in store for Catholics at home for the rest of the month of December and during the whole uh, season of Advent? And so we, we, have, we have taken the traditional themes of, of Advent, uh, you know, this hope, peace, uh, joy, the third week, and love. And we would like to, to highlight uh, how people make that a reality. Today is an example you know, about hope. We talked to Sister Fatima how to make hope a reality in life. So uh, do join us in the, in the coming Saturdays uh, to, to have this conversation with different people, to know about them, uh, what they do. As I said, how we can inspire others. How can we work for peace? How can we work towards bringing joy? How we can work towards bringing love? So we have some events lined up. Uh, on, on the 12th, uh, we are having a, 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 an interreligious, virtual interreligious conversation. Uh, in the in the area of how how we can restore the joy of living together, you know we all you know I come from a generation we always talk about how it was long time ago when we all lived together, played together, even ate together, you know, and we want that back, you know. So we thought, yeah, that's an idea. How do we bring back that joy of living together? So we have uh, lined up to work together. We are working together with with the Archdiocesan Ministry for Ecumenical and Interreligious Affairs on the twelfth. At 10 a.m., uh, do keep that time free for us. Uh, we also have uh, a Christmas special that's coming up uh, on the 19th to have a conversation. Uh, and Marianne would be with us too. Uh, and uh, we have uh, some, as some of you already know, we are working towards the Malaysia's largest Catholic virtual choir. Uh, you know, keeping my fingers crossed, the team is working on it. So we're going to have that too on, on that day. Uh, and a little bits of others, we have lined up some other guests to come on, uh, to hope, hoping to inspire us this Advent uh, to bring the light of Christ to others. So do join us. Do look out uh, for the little promos that come out uh, and, and have, come join us in this conversation. All right, so I guess that brings us to the end of the show. There's a last question, which I think we're going to keep it to the end. But before that, um, I want to say thank you to Sister Fatima for the amazing work you do. And I hope that, you know, you truly have inspired us to go out and do something as well. And like Father said, you know, sometimes it's just about a phone call. You know, you start with something simple, something that you can do. You know, pick up the phone and call someone who you've not reached out in uh, for a very long time. Say, how are you? You know, just let them know that you are there and you're thinking of them. I think that's one way to help shine that glimmer of hope in the lives of others. So once again, Sister Fatima, thank you so much for everything that you do and I wish you all the best. Now, our final question this morning comes uh, from the light of God. God be with us. Um, the question is, is there any certain prayer that you would recommend to help everyone through the struggling time in our world? Father. <laughs> it's a set of prayers. Sister said, you know, prayer is a conversation with God. You know, you know, you, you don't need a, a, God doesn't look for a set prayer uh, that is there. And I think prayer is, is, 
expressing what's deep within you. Like yeah. Sister says, Mother Teresa says, they fight with God. I mean, many other things, you know, when you're angry with God, you express that because He listens. He listens. And I think, you know, the prayer that, that, that we all make, yeah, it's not easy sometimes to make a spontaneous prayer. It's a lot mm. easier to refer to a particular prayer card or something like that. But like, I like to, to encourage, you know, uh, not who should, I'm not sure who that is, the light of God be with us. But, you know, prayer is a conversation with God. Just like how we are having a conversation. Talk to God. Tell Him, you know, your struggles. Tell Him, you know, what you, you want of Him. Uh, you know, you know, and uh, say what you feel, what you think, you know. Of course, maybe you don't articulate it in the way we speak, but in your mind, in your heart. Tell Him. And that's prayer. That is prayer. A conversation with God. Yeah, and maybe with that, maybe we should conclude with a prayer and, and say, ask God to bless us and the work that we do today. Absolutely. Okay, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our loving Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the beginning of the season of Advent, the beginning of a new liturgical year. In all beginnings, you give us hope. Hope in you, a hope that never wavers in your love. We ask you to bless Sister Fatima, the work that she does, the people that she ministers to for all the, the, the homeless, the urban poor, all those people who are in need to experience your love, we pray that you will inspire each one of us, even in the smallest way, to reach out, to restore that hope in humanity, the hope in one another, that we can rely on each other to experience your love. Bless us as we enter into Advent, and we continue to pray that that divine Messiah may come into our lives and shine in us, through us, to others. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So there you go. The end of Catholics at Home, our first set of many for the Advent special. Thank you so much for all your comments, uh, your likes and your shares. You can continue to share this broadcast. It will be on our page. So yeah, check us out on all the social media platforms and look out for more, uh, more interesting conversations that we've lined up for you. Also, uh, for Jamming with Jesus, it's going to be an Advent special as well. So look out for everything. Yeah, I know there are many messages coming in asking for sister fatima's contact details so um we will share that with you personally but in the meantime thank you so much for joining us once again on catholics at home we will see you next week you have a fantastic weekend and um, my name is marianne thank you father clarence thank you sister fatima have a great day and god bless bye-bye
Sadness we await. 